What's happening, guys? Welcome to the JBS Training Group podcast. My name is Mark Smith. I am your host. I own and operate JBS Training Group, which is a firearms training company that travels the nation teaching guys what I know about shooting fast and accurate. Hope you enjoy this episode. If you'd like to know more about JBS Training Group or where you can get in on a class, you can visit www.jbstraininggroup.com. Enjoy the show. All right, y'all sitting here with uh, Alex from Trajectory. How, how in the world did you get into doing what you're doing, and uh, and how's that been working out for you? Uh, yeah, it's been kind of a long journey. Um, I built my first AR. Of, oh, I don't know. It's been it's been quite a while now, um, <clears throat> and uh, I just was interested in the system itself. I, I think it's a very clever system and. And was always uh, thirsty for more knowledge about it. Um, my first rifle was abysmal by today's standards, at least by my standards today. And um, what really motivated me was to be able to help people uh, take those steps um, because I, I run into people all the time that are at that same stage I was all those years ago. And um, I, I kind of started out just in the basement with a little shop and about uh, a couple hundred dollars in, in hand tools that I had collected. And um, anyway, I just, just kept working through uh, finding new, new information, archiving that data, um, learning from new mentors. And, and it, you know, my, my business started off just doing transfers and, and stuff for people and, and fixing little things for people. And it's just kind of grown based off of that. Yeah. So did you, did you ever like sit down one day and say, man, I'm going to set out to be an AR 15 centric gunsmith or did it kind of just organically morph into that? Um, it kind of organically did that. Um, I did learn. So I, I was doing construction. I ran a construction business for a number of years before I really started doing this and, and actually kind of concurrently. Uh, and, and one of the lessons that I learned in that business was that, um, that, that specialization really kind of mattered um, be, because I did try to do a little bit of everything. And what I found is it it cost a lot of time uh, and money and tooling and, and stuff like that. And, um, I, I think the path to learning is, is usually a, a road full of mistakes. And so, um, you have to make a lot of mistakes in a lot of different areas to learn, to, to become, to excel at a specific, um, a specific trade. And, and from construction, I, I made a lot of mistakes in a lot of different trades and, uh, kind of learned that I needed to specialize in something. Um, so that knowing that when I came into the gun industry, uh, I had an idea of, of sort of what I wanted to do. Um, and so, and I, I knew what I enjoyed doing, which was working around the, the AR platform. And, um, so, so I did have a little bit of a plan, but it wasn't, it wasn't really solid. Um, you know, I, I, I believe that you have to be able to pivot and, and that's, I've had to do that several times. Do you, do you think, um, I, I find that interesting. I, so here's, I find that lots of guys at a very high level in this industry typically have so like in, instructors, gunsmiths, manufacturers, um, you know, et cetera. They typically have some sort of experience at some point in their life. Uh, for a significant amount of time in some sort of trade craft or mechanical aptitude environment. Um, and I, I, I would be absolutely lying if I said that my experience in, you know, running a plumbing business for, for almost 15 years before I started doing what I'm doing now didn't help me understand why people are, are having the issues they're having. Like I just, I, I feel like my mechanical aptitude is, is one of the single pivoting things that helps me be as good as at this as I try to be. Um, you, you kind of, you kind of feel the same way. 
Uh, yeah, I do. I mean, I've, I've had, um, I've had experience in a lot of trades, not just the construction business, but, um, you know, my dad's a diesel mechanic and I was playing around as young as, you know, five or six years old, I was around tools and equipment. And, um, you know, so I've, I've had, I've had some experience in with mechanic stuff. I've had experience with that construction and, and just that, just using your hands and using your head to fix things, um, you know, it develops abilities that, uh, that that can translate to other trades, whether you realize it or not. And I think you're seeing it and I'm seeing it where um, our, our past skill sets allow us to be better at what we do, even though those trades uh, are, are completely unrelated. Correct. Um, all right. Tr- true or false. Some people do not possess the aptitude for um, mechanical proficiency and understanding. Well, that's a good one. Um, I would say false. I, I think some people don't have the desire to put in the time to learn. Um, so for example, I, I've trained a few guys, uh, both who have, uh, who help us and, and, uh, people who have, you know, just wanted to learn more and everybody has a, a certain base level. Um, some of us who have been around tools our whole lives have a, a different, um, understanding of how things work compared to somebody else who may not have had that that experience when they were younger um and so i've had to i i've had to train people who have you know like they'll they'll do something and you go why in the heck did you do that and um when when you dive into it um you know your first response is you know that that was super dumb that what, what a dumb mistake Um, but, but the reality is, is that they don't have, uh, they haven't been given the opportunities or there hasn't been a a mentor or somebody who's, who's been able to take them and say, all right, look, this is how you use a hammer. Um, you know, something as simple as driving punches, uh, driving roll pins with a punch. Um, it's not a, an incredibly difficult thing to learn, but some people have, have never had someone teach them the proper way to do that, or um, they, they don't understand that if you turn a nut too hard, you're gonna you're gonna start to sh- uh, strip threads. Um, so going back to your question, I I, I don't think that um, people there are people who don't have the aptitude for it. I I think there are certain people who are more talented than others in that area. Um, but I think everybody can learn it if they want to put in the time to learn the basics and, and build from that. Yeah. It, so there's a lot of things that would be a dumb mistake for an expert, but that, that don't make it a dumb mistake for, for everybody. Right. Um, Absolutely. It's actually a, uh, so you, you mentioned failing a lot helps you, helps you learn. One of the things that I preach at uh, every class I go to, man, I'm, I'm convinced at this point in, understanding how human beings learn things that that failure is a requirement uh to learn and i think if you want to know why so many people stay where they are and never grow it's because they're afraid of failing they want to create environments where they always win and they never learn anything uh because there's nothing to learn they do good every time and um and that's that's absolutely what what i found and i I also found it in the in the trades as well um I know everything I know because I dick something up real good one time and, and, and that's it. One day you probably drilled in, drilled through a, a drilled through something and, and hit something that yeah. you didn't mean to. Yeah. It, it, you know, yeah. and we, we've all done that. Um, we do it here in the shop all the time. You know, uh, someone, someone forgets to set the stop on the drill press for, for like a pin and weld on a Hodge barrel. And it's a, $425 barrel and they, they drill into the bore and you're like, come on, man, what, what are you doing? And, and, 
he didn't know that that stop that was, was a thing. thing. Yeah. You know, he just he just thought that was just how things worked. And then that stop wasn't in place. And, um, you know, so you can't fault him for not knowing. Yeah, yeah I, I have to take that blame because I didn't teach him these. You know, this is why it's done this way. And these are the things you should look for beforehand. And, uh, you know, and, and so I get to, I get to buy him a new barrel, but, um, you know, both he and I learned something from that where he learns, right. Hey, there's a stop. And I learn this guy needs to be, uh, this guy needs this skill set before he's ready to take on this other one. Well, there's something that uh, another good friend of mine, Alex uh, Hartman from Ridgeline, taught me a long time ago, man, when I was first trying to figure out how to do this as a as a professional uh, teacher, you know, and um, and I'll never forget this, man. It, it's, it's wild. Like once you become aware of certain things, you see them everywhere, even though what you became aware of is not like, uh, you know, this this wild uh idea. It's, it's pretty obvious once somebody tells you, you just didn't notice it. But uh, Alex said um, that there's uh, something called the burden of knowledge. And the burden of knowledge is, uh, in layman's terms, it's very easy to forget how much you didn't know. Um, and, it, you know, it's, it's very easy to forget that, it, you know, what it was like at one point to not know a thing that you just subconsciously have been doing for a decade now. Um, and, and we forget all the time, right? And uh, so, you know, at, at, at courses, I've, I've learned the same thing, man. I, I have this little hard, fast rule that, uh, that's kind of unspoken. That is, uh, I, I cannot assume anything, therefore I will not. And I'm, I'm going to assume, you know, nothing. Um, and, and that's the way I build off of it because I, you know, you, you, you never know, uh, you never know who's, who's showing up and yeah, that's, that's super cool. You ever have any projects, Alex, that you, that you, uh, that have truly stumped you? Like that you've ended up ended up just sending back to the customer and saying, "Man, I, I, I got nothing. I, I, I do not know." Um, I did in the beginning, um, at, at least around the AR platform. Um, there were there were some things where it's like, oh, I, I don't know the answer to this question, um, or, or to solve this problem, and so a lot of times I rather than taking a swing at it and, and having a high likelihood of breaking something, sometimes you know that if you attempt that, you're going to, you're just going to break it. Um, and, and you got to know when to pass on those kind of projects. Uh, these days, um, you know, there's, there's a, there's something that stuck in my head a long time ago. Um, a guy named Chad Mercer. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, he, he said something in, in on a Facebook post one time, uh, that, or maybe it was a, a modcast or whatever, and he said, there are no dragons left to slay with this system. And um, I, I believe that to be true to a point. I, I think there are, there are things that can be um, improved when, once you understand how the thing works. Um, but once you've kind of learned the, the uh, basics of how the thing works, it, it's not entirely hard to, to diagnose an issue. Um, that being said, I do run into new things all the time. Um, manufacturers will come up with new ways to screw stuff up. And so, you know, you have to go back to the basics of, um, of troubleshooting to be able to figure out why, because the normal reasons that a gun might run, might do something weird uh, don't apply in this situation. And it's mostly just because, um, it, you know, somebody invented a new level of stupid. Um, and it, whether that's out intentional or not, or, well, it's, it's probably not intentional, but it's, um, uh, I, I think that things, I think a lot of companies tend to reverse engineer things. And when they're re reverse engineering a turd to begin with, um, they, they build in new problems that, that you don't really expect. Yeah. I, uh, I tell you something pretty freaking funny, man. Um, Chad Mercer is probably in the top three list of people that hate Mark Smith the most. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> uh, yeah. 
yeah, um, he's he's kind of disliked me from the beginning. It, it, it is what it is. Um, it, it's I think it's a very personal, emotional thing. Um, I just I'm I'm just never going to be a uh, a big uh, friend of him, I guess, or whatever. Uh, but yeah, that was funny that you brought him up. But anyway, um, well, I, I think there's, I, I think you can learn from people that that you either don't like or don't like you. I, I think there's a lot to be learned from people. Uh, j- just because you have a, a bad relationship with somebody doesn't mean they're they're wrong or they don't have something to offer. Man, I I constantly am bewildered by the fact that so many take so much so personally. Um, it's I, I've just never been like that. Um, I and and I'm I'm sure you see it with 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 your profession too, man. Like it, it's like, dude, I'm we we can still be friends and high five after this. Like it's not that I'm I, I don't hate you, you know. I just disagree, and and that's okay, you know. Um, a while back we could we could disagree and still be friends. These days, social media has made it where if, if we disagree, we hate each other, and it's unfortunate. Um. One of the sayings that I have is is that you can draw a circle around everybody, um, or if you draw circles around everybody with something in common with you, eventually you'll end up in your own circle alone. And um, you know, it's like yeah, yeah I have d- disagreements with my wife, <laughs> and I get along really well. Right. Um, and, and so, like, you have to have a little bit of a. I don't know. I guess some, just have some balls. I mean, just being able to to listen and understand somebody without agreeing with them, it's well. Just don't be so emotional all the time, man. Like, yeah, you know, I don't know if you know, I don't know if you know Matt Pranka, um, but so here's a here's a good example, right? So Matt Pranka and uh, and and Ben Stagger, um, Ben Stagger. I do not know him. Uh, never never had spoken word with him. Um, but on the internet, he comes off like a really, really big dickhead, man. Um, and, and that's just the way I, I, I perceive him. However, I don't hate him for that. I still watch his videos cause I think he's got some great ideas on some shooting stuff. Right. And so it's like, look, man, like just cause you don't want to go to the beach with somebody for a whole week d- doesn't mean that you, you got to hate him. Um, you know, and, and Matt Pranka uh, had a clip that came out not long ago on a, on a podcast. And I, I, I think about this a lot cause he's right. And he said, he said, man, it's wild how so many so many grown adults will take a, a disagreement or a challenge to an idea as a personal attack. And it's, and it's like, it's not, it's not that man. It's just, I'm just wondering uh, what, you know, how you came up with this or, or how, you know, have you thought about this context or so on and so forth. And, and, but we immediately like go for the throat. It's pretty wild. Um, but anyway, uh, so do you ever have the, um, the, the issue where customer sends in a, a, a gun and, um, man, to to fix this gun would cost more than the value of the gun. And how do you handle that situation when the guy says, "I want to do it anyway"? I mean, like, do you take do you, do you have to get a deposit? Like, you got to get a draw first, or like, how does that work? Um, it's funny you bring that up. So our our assembly service that we do, um, essentially, what we're doing is we're taking over the warranty for that build. Um, be, because when you send in parts from six different companies, um, there there tends to be this finger point in the game when when something goes wrong. Oh well, it's you know it, it can't be our barrel; it has to be that gas block, or it can't be our gas block because it, it has to be your BCG, whatever it might be. And, um, and and so one of the things that we do is is we just say, all right, look, we're uh, barring like obvious issues with a component, right? Something's out of spec or something's problematic. Um, we take over the warranty uh, and, and guarantee the operability of that rifle. Um, <clears throat> and so uh, what it does is it kind of gives you, it, it, it gives you the ability to choose, pick and choose the parts that you want um, while also having the, the satisfaction that you might have that, that might come from a factory rifle um, with a, with a single point of contact and all that. Uh, and so with that, we have to be kind of selective of what we're, what we take in. Um, 
And I, I've seen guys send in muzzle devices, uh, send in kits <coughs> where the muzzle device is worth more than the barrel. <coughs> Excuse me. And you look at it and go, just what, what are you doing, man? And uh, it, it kind of goes back to that that level of they didn't know better. Um, and, and so we have to go back with them before we even start building this thing and, and try to get a better uh, understanding of what they're trying to achieve with this rifle. Um, and, 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 uh, usually it just takes a little bit of education. And then from there, we're able to say, all right, look, if this is, if those are your goals, um, this barrel is not going to meet your needs because of A, B, C, and D. Um, a lot of times what happens is people are just, just getting the wool pulled over their eyes when they, um, you know, like 80% of what you see is just marketing wank. And it, it's, it's unfortunate because most people don't know better. And so we have to try to try to educate them hopefully on the, hopefully before they even buy their stuff. Um, but even once it's here, sometimes it takes a little bit of reeducation with, with people. Right. Um, what uh what would you say is the most common uh problem i mean you know what's the most common thing that you see that you can put in a in a pile and say man the the common denominator for rifles failing is this or is that even a thing uh most of the problems we see are gas system related um i throw away a lot of gas blocks in fact we've we've recently uh, so we, we actually shut down our books at the end of the year and we we're just barely reopening. Uh, we're starting to go through our, our wait list and email people and let them know, Hey, we're, we're taking on work again. Um, so, so part of that process was evaluating what the biggest time sucks were. Why, why did we get to a point where we have a, a 90 day backlog and, um, the, the biggest thing that we were able to identify is is how often we were having to go back once the parts were here and, and let the customer know, uh, hey, we've got this problem. We know based off of our experience, this is not going to work. It's not even worth assembling at this point. We suggest, you know, replacing your gas block and gas tube, um, and that'll probably get you close. Um, and, and, and so that's one of the things that we see is the gas system. Uh, it was enough of a problem that um, we've revised our system. And it now includes a gas block and a gas tube as part of the assembly service. And it, because we were just spending, we we're wasting so much time on that. And, and all, that, all that translates to is... Uh, excessive wait time um, and and additional costs for our customers. So even though I know some people are not going to like that we're including a gas block and a gas tube in it, you know, they want to pick their own. Um, it it kind of saves everybody time and, and money in the long run. And is this typically an issue where the gas block is out of spec in some way or it just is it made good it's off center drilled or like what, what kind of issue or is it is it not necessarily just centric to the gas block it could be the tube or the key or or, or, or whatever uh all of the above we've seen everything um when it comes to that the the biggest problem with the gas block itself is the nature of how it's um, installed so <clears throat> If you go back to the original designs, they had front sight blocks and they were, uh, if you were, if you fit a gas block onto most barrels or uh, sorry, a front sight block on them onto most barrels, it's actually a pretty snug fit. Um, and then they had the advantage, advantage of taper pins that act as jacks that kind of squeeze the block down onto the tube. Uh, if you look at, if you look at most low pros, you still have, set screws on the bottom that simulate that to a point. Um, but because people, because these companies are making uh, just huge variations in those bores, uh, it, there, there's just not enough. You just can't squeeze that, that 
locked down tight enough to get a decent seal. Um, <clears throat> so we see a ton of gas leaking around the gas block uh, to the barrel interface. We see a bunch leaking from the gas tube. Um, it's, you know, j just the, the, the nature of, well, look at, look at any pressurized system. What do they use to seal? Usually a taper of some type, right? Gaskets, um, a, a taper. Um, so like, look at the Knight's gas block. They're, they're gas too. Yeah. I was going to say, you're talking about like a flare and a, and a seat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There, there's some sort of interface like that to seal that pressure. And they're using it, usually doing that on much lower pressures than what we see in a gas system. Right. you how much, what, what kind of PSI does a, uh, does, how much water pressure is there in a house? Right. It's, it's not um, much. We, we don't recommend more than 75 PSI. <laughs> exactly. And, and look at the lengths that they go to uh, in order to seal that system up. Um, now, obviously, you don't want <laughs> water leaks are expensive, but um, <clears throat> gas system leaks. Uh, the, the problem with gas system leaks is they create a um, they they. They make the system less predictable. Um, so it might work great. Uh, you might build a rifle and it works great on a 70 degree flat range. Everything's happy. Uh, but as soon as you go and run some cheap ammo through it or you get a bad lot of ammo or you take it out in the cold um, or, you know, things dirty, there's a number of reasons why a rifle will fail. Um, but when you, when you have leaks in your gas system, it, it's hard to, it's hard to gauge where exactly that rifle is running because any different set of, con of, um, conditions can change that. And it's, and it's worse when there are leaks. So, uh, I mean, so I'm going to ask you something. I want you to answer with your gut feeling, not your logical thought right so do you think like do do manufacturers of these rifles do they just not know what you know about these issues or do they not care because most people aren't going to really shoot these guns and experience this kind of failure anyway um i would say it's probably a little bit of both i don't i don't think they're um, how's the saying go? I mean, it it seems pretty obvious, right? If, it seems pretty obvious that if I'm going to make a rifle that has a gas impingement system on it, I don't want gas leaking. Like that seems like a pretty obvious thing. I don't know Dick all about putting together guns, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that we shouldn't have gas blowing out of the system somewhere other than where it's supposed to. Mm -hmm. Um, so why would I accept it, that? <laughs> this is what happens when, um, I, I'm sure there's a better way of putting this, but there's this is what happens when the marketing team builds the rifle, um, not and not an experienced armor. Uh, I, I think a lot of a lot of rifles, mo most of the small companies, uh, not not all. There there are small companies that are doing really good stuff, um, but if you look at how a lot of guns come to fruition, <clears throat> you usually have a money guy, and he sit, and you have a guy who has been around guns a little bit. And he says, Hey, look, th these things are Legos. Uh, the other guy says, cool, I'll buy the parts or I, I'll buy the tooling or whatever. And we'll, we'll build a, we'll build a rifle or we'll build these components. Uh, and what they do is they go out to the market and they might reverse engineer some parts that they buy that they've assumed are good parts. Um, they go to the store, they buy, let, let, let's say they want to make a gas block. So they go to the store, they buy uh, three or four different gas blocks and they measure them maybe with a set of calipers. Um, and, and they, then they build a gas block. Well, what they don't really see is the variations in uh, gas journal sizes on barrels. Uh, and, they may not appreciate what happens when they don't hit certain tolerances. I, I know modern machines are capable of hitting very tight tolerances, 
but it's up to the the programmer and the machinist and, and ultimately the 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 company itself to say this is what we want to put out um <clears throat> and, and so then that gas block goes into the market and it might take them six months to realize that they have an issue and in that time they might have sold hundreds or thousands of, the, of that gas block uh and, and they they might tweak it a little bit from there or or alternatively they might get complaints that hey this thing's too tight i can't get it on my barrel from people who don't have experience building rifles so they go and they open up that that bore to make it easy to install and in doing so they they ruin what might have made that gas block good to begin with. It is the dismal tide. It is not the one thing. <laughs> um, all right, super cool. Um, so, so tell me this. Do you think that the average American male and the tools he has in his garage is sufficient mechanically enough, knowledgeable enough, and uh, well-tooled enough to be building his own gun from the ground up, from scratch? Um, the average person, no. Um, and that, that has to do with um, just the, the condition. It, it has probably as much to do with his knowledge and ability as it does with the um, the condition of the parts that are available. Uh, and again, it, that, that marketing <laughs> that, that's out there, you know, like how many, how many guys buy a rifle and they bring it to a class and the thing doesn't run. Well, my buddy told me it was good or, or they might buy components and they might build that, you know, based off of what somebody told them was good or, or somebody's influencer video or whatever. Um, they don't have the. They don't have the ability. I mean, most people don't even own a set of calipers, um, and so like I've had people where I've asked, "Hey, do you can you measure? Do you have the ability to measure something?" And they send me a picture of a tape measure next to a a, a gas journal, right? Hell yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, okay, well. <laughs> That's not going to do me any good. And, and so uh, I'm not saying that people, that there aren't people out there with the mechanical aptitude to be able to build these and to be able to fit parts together. But, but the rifle system of today with the poor quality uh, of the parts that are available, um, it requires a lot of fitting. And most guys aren't going to go buy five gas blocks from five different companies to fit that on their barrel uh, and, and find the best one. You know, they're, they're buying the one that somebody told them to buy. I think, so, okay, so based on all that, the answer is no. The, the, the average male uh, or, or female, whatever, um, probably shouldn't attempt this. So then why in the world does so many of them do attempt it? Uh, like why, why, why is it, why does it seem to be the common knowledge of it is Legos, just put it together. All you got to do is tighten some nuts. Like why do so many people think that? Do you think, why does that idea keep being perpetuated? Um, do you think that's a byproduct of the marketing of companies or do you think that's a byproduct of, uh, people just don't know what they don't know or, or what do you think that the catalyst for that might be? It, it really is that that thing of people don't know what they don't know. Um, and, and I think the marketing does have something to do with that. Six or seven years ago, um, you had much, you had so few, so many fewer companies making components that um, the variations in what was available, um, it, it, it wasn't that hard. Well, let's put it this way. Even then, they weren't Legos. Um, it, it was just that it was a lot easier then. Uh, now there's so many, you have hundreds of manufacturers making thousands of different 
part skews and uh it's just it's just wild now are there any factory guns that you are willing to say like and you don't you don't get to gauge them you don't get to measure nothing you don't get to do nothing is there is there are there companies that exist i'm not asking you necessarily to name them where you would feel confident buying a rifle straight from the factory and saying, man, this thing is going to be dependable, reliable, and I can count on it. Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Okay. There's several of them. Is it, it, I I was, I was going to say, is it just like one or are there like 10 or or what, you know, what do you think? Um, So there, so it's safe to say that you do see commonalities with brands that fail and also brands that are typically pretty good to go. Yeah. Um, so, so let's, let's look at it from the manufacturer's standpoint. Um, if you're able, if you have the ability to set the tolerances of all of the parts that you use, uh, you can, you can make it pretty predictable. You can build that same rifle. You, you can spec something out, test it, and then make a repeatable copy of that rifle uh, going forward. Uh, I, I, I think that the, the good companies that care go through that process. They build something they know. I mean, first of all, they understand the system, like da- down to the roots of how they, they don't need to be like, they don't need to know all the details necessarily, but they do need to have a, a fairly good knowledge of, you know, mechanical, <laughs> functions and and how things work together um to in order to build a good system something that's worth having uh and then they need to have the qa and qc processes in place to make sure that that system is repeatable and that if there is something that sneaks through that they they support it on the back end so here's what i think man i think that so many people think that you can you know, oh, why would I buy that? PSA's got a gun for sale for $300, you know, or, or, or oh, all you got to do is just put it together. It's just adult Legos or, or, you know, blah, blah, blah. Here's the common denominator that I've seen. Those people do not shoot. And that's why they think that. Um, they build guns and they put them in a safe. And, they, and Or they might test fire them once or twice. And that's it. That's the extent of, like, I can't tell you how many people that I see in class where their, their gun fails on the morning of day one. And I will ask them how many rounds you got through it. And, and they will answer the rounds we have shot. Like they, they don't shoot. And, and that's not to like say, oh, you're less of a man or anything like that. It's just to say like, this is why you believe what you believe because you have never actually tested that theory. Um, like, yeah, I mean, dude, I can, I can take popsicle sticks and a, and a can of Elmer's glue and build you a rifle, but it ain't going to work at least not for long, you know? Um, and, and, but if but if you don't care about that, then you don't you don't know that it that it's a big deal, right? Meaning like, well, who cares if a gun can go forty thousand rounds and 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 hold two MOA and and all? Well, well, I do because I shoot a lot and I don't want to have to build a gun every three months, you know. Um, but but if you aren't that guy, then you probably don't even care about that. And so if you don't care about that, why in the world would you attempt to to test that theory? Um, and see what it'll do, you know, and so on and so forth. And so they just don't shoot. Um, and then when they do come to class or when they do go to a match or when they do something that requires you to shoot the gun at a, you know, semi higher rate of fire for an extended period of time in unpredictable weather conditions and, you know, so on and so forth, uh, you, you kind of find out that, man, this might not be so, so adult Lego after all. Um, you know, it's, it's, I mean, I, I learned a long time ago, right? This is Mark's funny joke, right? Uh, I learned a long time ago that I am not a gunsmith. I'm just a marksmith. And about two years ago, maybe, maybe longer than that, I decided that Mark Smith wasn't working on guns no more. Um, I'm, I'm not doing it. I have, I have learned enough to know that I probably shouldn't be doing this. Um, and, and that's, that's coming from a guy that I, I I will, I will proudly say, I believe I have a significantly higher mechanical aptitude than most. And I think having that mechanical aptitude and having that understanding and wisdom of how intricate this can be makes me cautious to even touch it. Um, like I, I, I don't, 
I don't want to goof this all up, man. And I, I can absolutely say there are there are times where I have I have goofed some stuff up, um, because like if it all goes together perfect, then 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 yay, I can put it on Facebook and tell everybody how easy it is. But the, the problem becomes, what if it don't go together perfect? Like now, what do I do? Um, and that's where most people end up breaking stuff. Um, or well, when I say most people, I mean I mean myself. But go ahead. It's funny that you say that because um, <clears throat> what we see are the anecdotal experiences of people who put a gun together or maybe two or three of them together and they work great. Uh, but but what you don't see is all the people that went to the range five, six times trying to troubleshoot an issue and then finally got frustrated and asked for help. Um, or, you know, they, they end up sending it here because that's their exact experience. I was, I was told initially that this was going to be easy. I watched all the YouTube videos. I still can't get it to run. Please help. And, um, and, and, and so I think going back to your earlier question about the, um, you know, like why, why is it that people think that it's as easy as it is? I, I think that's why is they watch a YouTube video and it's, it's made to look easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would you, uh, would you be privy to say uh, a couple of the name brands that you would trust off the shelf for the, for the listeners that are sitting there biting their fingernails about it? Uh, that's a bit of a loaded question <laughs> because there, there is, I know how tribal people can be. Um, and I know that as soon as I say something, they're going to go, well, what about this? Well, what about that? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and so, and, and that might, and if you prefer not to answer, it's totally your preference. I do not care. It's, it's not that I don't prefer to answer. Um, I know if I were to grab a factory rifle, um, Hodge makes a good rifle. Um, At no point did I talk to you previously about saying that, correct? (laughs) (laughs) That is correct. Sons of Liberty makes a good rifle. Psyonix makes a good rifle. Um, Every one of those brands, I guarantee you can go find something out there where there was a failure or an issue or something where that rifle did not perform. Um, and, and, or, or there was something that they made a mistake and they've had to fix it. And they'll, they'll probably never live that reputation down in a lot of ways because uh, sometimes it, it pisses people off. Um but the reality is, is if you look at companies like that, when there is an issue and uh, going back to that point of that failure, they look at their system and they go, all right, we screwed up. How are we going to fix this? Number one, how, how do we make it right with the people that have uh, that have that current issue? And then how do we solve that problem for the future so that it's no longer an issue? And if you look at, at the best brands, um, they probably have had a controversial issue at some point because that's the nature of the internet, gun groups and the like. Um, they've probably had that issue and they've since solved that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, speaking about uh, rifles and whatnot that run out of the box and are good to good to go, um, Tell me about the TASD. What what in the world is that? I, I was looking around on the uh, the website not long ago, and I saw that. And uh, frankly, that's a word that my educational system didn't cover, so I'm not going to attempt to uh, to 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 say that word. Uh, we don't use that kind of language in in the Smith household, so I'll let you pronounce that. But what is the TASD, and and what does that give me that is not already currently available in some form or fashion from uh, elsewhere? It is the trajectory arms Schalldämpfer. <laughs> it's a German word. It's uh, if you think of the MP5 SD, 
It's an integrally suppressed uh, AR-15. Um, and I, that term integrally suppressed is, is interesting because some people will argue, well, is that the appropriate term? Uh, some people think that an integrally suppressed means the suppressor needs to go over the, over the bore and all of these or go back over the barrel and all these things. Um, I think of it, if you look at the root of integrally, uh, integral, it, the, the suppressor is integral to the system. It's required for operation, um, just like the BCG or any other component. Uh, the, what makes it different is that you, you can't really get something like that on the market. Uh, I know people have made them and they're, they're kind of, I mean, they're just as niche of a company as ours. Um, what we're doing though, is we're relying on the experience that we've gathered as um, armorers working on the AR platform. And, and specifically we do a ton of work with suppressors. Uh, we've been tuning guns for suppressors. We did your, your, uh, six arc not long ago. Um, we've been doing that kind of work on the AR for a while. And so what we wanted to do was create a, uh, basically bake all of that into one system. And, uh, you know, like it, I understand that like, if you want your rifle to run unsuppressed, it, it's built different. Um, this one is designed to run with the suppressor. And that's kind of the nature of it. So I know there are people that kind of have a, they, they don't like that, the idea of that, but, um, you know, it's what we do is suppressors and, and gas guns. And so an all-in-one package that's been pre-built and designed from the ground up to operate a specific way uh, made sense to us. Yeah, yeah. Do you uh, are you able to talk about what barrel you're using in that? Uh, we haven't. That that's been the so the the original plan was to have these things rolled out by the first of the year. Obviously, we've missed that by a long shot. Um, part of that was our our uh, just the backlog of service work that we had to get done. I haven't been able to dedicate time to it that I wanted to. Uh, the other part of that is um, the development stage of it. The barrel itself is going to, it doesn't use a carbine or a gas link or a mid gas system. We've, we're, we're going with a, uh, an intermediate length gas. All right, let's see. It's in between a carbine and a mid gas system. Um, and so that would that be what the fellows at Cobalt would be calling a patrol? Yeah, I think I've heard that term. In fact, I think uh, Roscoe does the same thing, and and maybe that's the the appropriate term for that length. I, I'm not sure, but I, so I I heard of it first when I talked to John Dufresne from uh, Kinetic Consulting. He was having Cobalt build build him a like a you know a signature gun or what or whatever. And, uh, and I shot his down in Florida and I noticed that this, the, the system was not carbine and it also was not mid. Like I can just tell by looking at it and, and I'm like, what is this thing? And he's like, oh, it's, it's the patrol. And I'm like, what in the world? They made another one, right? So now we got pistol, we got carbine, we got patrol, we got mid, we got rifle, we got rifle plus one. <laughs> you know, like I, I'm losing count with all this. Uh, but apparently there is such a thing as a patrol, uh, distance from the, from the chamber. So, um, I, 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 that sounds like what you're talking about, but of course I don't know nothing. So carry on. Yeah. And that, that might be the term that's catching on. I I've heard that a few times. Um, we've played with carbine. We've played with mid gas on it, the barrel is an 11 and a half inch barrel. Um, and that's because we wanted to keep it short enough that the suppressor doesn't add a ton of extra length to it. And so what we've had to do is, is figure out where the ideal gas system length is for that configuration. Uh, and we found that mid was, even once a suppressor, it was still too short. There was, there was some wonky stuff that we were seeing 
we were able to cause failures a lot easier than we were at other gas system lakes. Um, and so we've stayed away from that even, and I realize it's, it's popular for, for people who want to mess with this stuff, but, um, you know, I, I just couldn't get behind it. And so to answer your question directly to who, who's barrel we're using, um, we don't have a vendor currently because we, yeah, so we, we haven't really picked a vendor yet. Um, just, just because we have been working on the, on finalizing the design and testing that. Um, I know, uh, Chris Blau has, has a few thousand right rounds on his, that he, it, that's the one, if you, if you've seen the YouTube video that, uh, 1911 syndicate did, that's the one he's been shooting as a demo rifle. Um, and so he's, he's been putting a lot of rounds on it. Um, but, you know, going back to our, our earlier conversation about like how things tend to enter the market, uh, I didn't want to just throw something together and drop, drop it on the market until I knew that that thing was ready. Yeah. Well, it's got your name on it, man. Like that, that still matters to some people. <laughs> so, you, you know, uh, I, I appreciate the heck out of stuff like that. It looks super cool, man. Um, it, it looks really neat. I, uh, I, I like that. I, I think, man, I, I get really excited when like, I don't know, like, so, you know, can, can Knights make a good gun? Yes. Can, can Jim Hodge make a good gun? Yes. But like, I, I just, based on my experience with, with you, uh, with you serving me as, as a part of the clientele and, and whatnot, like the, the level of attention to detail that you provide to, to something like this makes me happy. Um, and it's because I'm, man, I'm a natural perfectionist. I, I can't help it. Um, it's a, it's a blessing and a curse a lot of times. Um, but I always, always appreciate a man that, goes the extra mile for something that to most people might seem like it doesn't even matter. Like, um, cause I'm, I'm not most people. I, I it does matter to me. Uh, and you know, and it goes back to kind of like the, the idea like intrinsic value is a thing, e even if it doesn't technically matter, it makes me feel better. Um, and, and that matters. So, you know, like a lot of people, probably one of the most common rifle questions I get outside of optics is, uh, should I get a, a, a regular, you know, button rifled or, or whatever barrel, or, or do I need a, do I need a chrome hammer forged, you know, uh, chrome lined or a cold hammer forged barrel, you know? And, and the answer is probably not right. You, 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 based on what I know about most people and, and how much they shoot the, the rando from the internet asking, does he need a cold hammer forged barrel? Probably not. However, knowing that you have, the, the, the most durable method we've created to, to make a barrel uh, in existence in your gun, if that makes you sleep better at night, then it's worth something. So, you know, if, if you want it, buy it. Um, if, if you don't, don't. But, like, don't, don't knock a man that's got something that's a little more intricate and a little more detailed than you do just because you think he don't need it just because you didn't need it. Um, you know, that's what I got on that. Um, so, all right, man, uh, in, uh, in closing, um, is there anything, if you were, if you were going to talk to a hundred thousand people at one time, is there anything that you would want to say to those people about building guns or about the AR-15 platform that they need to know that is not really common information? Yeah, that, that Dunning-Kruger is a, uh, it's a very real part of life. <laughs> it uh, it keeps me up at night. Um, <laughs> it's and it's 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 unfortunate, man. I mean, it is. Um, it's a it's a thing, right? We we all we all have it uh, in some extent or to some extent in, in certain areas. Um, but it it is unfortunate because it makes it very very hard to to reach a man. Um, I think that the only thing that will beat down a Dunning Kruger block is 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 a man's humility. Um, to just 
even if you disagree, even if you don't get it, even if it makes no sense, just listen, right? Just listen and, and just and consider the fact that you may not know everything. What a novel idea. Um, so anyway, super cool, man. And uh, I'm going to close out with you. Um, like I do with uh, a lot of people when we talk about rival stuff. What's uh? What, well, before I do this, you have any time to go shoot lately, man? You, you got any, you got any you time to, to to go go blast some of these things that you that you mess with all the time, or you you've been swamped, so swamped with work that you ain't even been doing that? Uh, I have not had a lot of time to shoot lately. Um, I really wish I could, because you know, like uh, I I wanted it. I've got Buck Doyle in my backyard, and and. I've been wanting to go down to his place and shoot and, and uh, it, it's a beautiful scene, beautiful scenery down there an excellent course. And that's on my list for, for the next couple of months. So I, that's what, that's what I'm hoping to get to. And, um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't get to shoot as much as I, as I used to. Unfortunately. Well, I'm going to tell you what my, 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 back when me and my wife, we bought our first house and, uh, I, I used to work a lot, right? Like I'd, I'd go in at seven and I probably wouldn't get home until seven or eight, uh, most, most days. And one, one day I came home and she had hung a sign over the top of our door that, uh, I went out of every day that said, never get so busy making a living that you forget to make a life. And, uh, so here, here's, here's me reminding you of that. Um, it's hard. It, it's really hard, but it's, uh, I think it's required. I, I, you got to make some me time, man. Absolutely. And I, I am super blessed to be able to have my kids here every day. Yeah, I remember that, man. That was pretty uh, wild. You know, Walking there and there's a whole jungle gym in the back over there. There's a there's an end mill and a and a lake <laughs> and a and a drill press and a and a daycare all in one shop. <laughs> we we call it the Chuck E. Cheese. But uh yeah, it's it's kind of that that same idea with, you know, homeschooling the kids has been it's been a good good thing for us because we can we can work a little bit, take a break for a few hours with those guys, and, and spend some time with them. Super cool. And then uh, you know they go and go and jump and whatever they do. So. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, here, here we go. This is the, this is the last thing I got for you. What is the uh, what does the rifle look like that Alex has in the in, in the corner of his closet that he's gonna he's gonna grab? Uh, if you don't know what you're doing, you just know you're doing something, and you got to take a gun. What's that gun look like? Uh, it's it's the early prototype to that TASD. It's yep. Dot gun or you got a, you got you got magnification on that thing or, or what? Uh, it's it's got a um, I got a light. I got a LPVO sling. Um, you know that that's kind of my setup. Is I I believe in that rifle enough to to use it as my personal one. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, just just the basics. I believe a, a light and a, a sling and an optic, or I, I don't see why you wouldn't have any of those on your your defensive rifle. I agree. I agree. Super cool, man. I always enjoy talking to guys that are uh, very. Um, I you know, and I'm not. I'm. This is not me blowing Alex's head up or anything like that. But very, very prominent and very respected in in the industry. Um, that are that are normal dudes, right? Um, guys that don't really have a resume of them jumping out of helicopters or doing any hondo rolls into a hostage situation or anything like that. But they're still uh, American males, and they still love America's rifle, and and they they have one because it matters. And uh, so I. Uh, Always enjoy talking to, to the regular dudes, um, and that's what I got for you, man. I appreciate the heck out of you coming on here and chit-chatting with us, um, taking time out of your day. Uh, guys, if you uh, are unaware, uh, if, you, if you hadn't caught on on social media or, or whatnot, um, Alex has has worked on quite a few of my, my guns at this point because the first time he ever touched one, he sent back something that I had never experienced before, and I didn't even know it was a thing. Um, and so, uh, Alex does not pay me. Uh, I'm not on the payroll. I don't, uh, like get free Valentine's gift bags or anything weird like that, uh, to be saying what I'm about to say to you. I highly, highly recommend you send your gun and your can into him and, and let him show you what, what he can do with it. Uh, if the books are open and available, cause it is, it is absolutely fantastic. Um, and so that's, that's my shameless plug for him cause he's too humble to give his own. So, um, other than that, man, 
that's what I got. All right, guys, that's the show for the day. As always, if you'd like to know more, you can visit us at www.jbstraininggroup.com. If you'd like to get in on a class, you can check the roster and the schedule, which is always changing. If you'd like to host a class, you can hit me up at jbstraininggroup at gmail.com. I appreciate the heck out of you guys. Make sure you talk to Jesus today, and we'll see you on the range.